Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is Errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Hello, and welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show. I'm all about the celebrity gossip. I really am. And it's actually kind of crazy because the joke is that I don't watch TV or movies really at all. Um, I watch like a few movies a year. I don't think I have any shows going right now at all. I haven't seen any of the big ones. I'm just not a TV movie person. So the fact that I read about all of these people and I don't know who they are is kind of funny. I read all their stories and it's partially because I write a column at the New York Post, so I read the paper every day, and there's a lot of celebrity stuff in there. There was a headline a few days ago that was, uh, I actually wrote this down because I, I knew I wouldn't be able to remember it. Allie Krieger's brother hints at Ashlyn Harris infidelity amid Sophia Bush romance. I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> Did I click it and read it? Of course. Yes, I did. And a few months ago, the big juicy story out of the reality world was Scandoval um, from the show Vanderpump Rules. There was a longtime couple on the show and the guy cheated with a friend of his girlfriend's who was also on the show. And I mean, I read everything about it and I haven't seen one minute of the show, but I knew what was going on with that love triangle. There's nothing wrong with liking celebrity gossip. There's a cottage industry around it specifically because people like me do click and read. And I know women get criticized for like being into this kind of stuff, but I really don't see it as wildly different than men watching ESPN and, you know, catching up on what their latest uh, and what their favorite players are doing lately. But the point of all this is it makes me think that we know so, so much about how relationships fall apart. We get all the gory details. We see the aftermath, the pain. We see a lot less of how people fall in love, how their relationship grows. All the good stuff is really hidden away. And that's not wrong exactly. As the philosopher Mick Jagger once said, he actually had a solo country album he recorded where he sang, love is fragile, you hide it from the light. And I fully believe in that as well. I think that you should keep your relationship, 
you know, as private as you possibly can. And that's why it's so normal to go out with your friends and complain about your husband, but so much rarer to go out and just gush about him, right? There's also this element of courting bad luck. Uh, This is big in my Russian Jewish world. We don't talk too much about good things or you might lose them. And I get it. I mean, I'm very superstitious, actually. It's it's sort of embarrassing. I knock on wood. I do this like three spit thing that we do. It's like two, two, two. And of course, there's a part of me that worries if I talk about my happiness too much, if I talk about the good things in my life, if I talk about how happy my marriage is and how obsessed I am with my husband, the things that we do to improve our relationship, what works that, you know, he'll leave me for his secretary and I'll look like a fool. That's obviously a crazy way to live. And I acknowledge that. And when you do live like that, when you keep happiness or joy or the good things a secret, what ends up happening is people only hear the bad parts, especially about things like relationships. And you have people online who push this idea that singlehood is just the best and it goes unchallenged because they could say singlehood is the best. And then if they meet someone, change their mind, get married, no one is going to be like, ha ha, you were wrong. And I can tell you that from experience because I spent my 20s saying that marriage was basically for suckers and no one was at my wedding saying, hey, didn't you say? But we imagine someone will mock us if we say our marriage is amazing and then it somehow fails. And like, I assure you, they won't. I know that this is, you know, I'm telling this to you, but I'm also saying this to myself. I, that's a thing that people are worried about, but it's just never going to happen. Because we all ultimately know the truth, even when we don't say it, that a good relationship is way better than good singlehood. And maybe we don't need to pretend that we have it all figured out or that our, our relationship is bulletproof and definitely, definitely going to last forever. Maybe the next time you get together with your girlfriends, you just say one nice thing about your husband. You don't have to gush if you don't want to, just one really positive thing. And obviously not just women, but I just feel like women talk about their husbands more than men talk about their wives. But when guys get together, it's so clear who's really into his wife. I just don't think that men do the same kind of emoting and complaining sessions as women do. But yeah, if you're a man listening to this, say one nice thing about your wife next time you're together with your guy friends. Let them know that it's normal to be in good, happy, healthy relationships. In any case, don't keep it a secret if you're happy. Reality stars who are happy don't make the news, but that doesn't mean that happy marriages don't exist. And it's important to show that they do, lest the bad news completely overwhelms the good. We could really use that good news. We could really use that positivity. If you're happy in your life, in your marriage, in your relationship, say so. Don't worry about, you know, jinxing yourself or something. We need that good news to overwhelm the bad. It's very important for all of us. Coming up after the break, my interview with Bridget Fettesi. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, 
And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or... Check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And welcome back to the Carol Markowitz Show. My next guest is my friend, Bridget Fettesi. Bridget is a writer, comedian, and host of the podcast, Walk-Ins, Welcome, and YouTube show, Dumpster Fire, and just an all-around gem. Hi, Bridget. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited met, to be here. I'm so happy to have you. You were on my very short list of the you know first guests I wanted to have on. Um, I met you several years ago when you were living in LA and I was living in New York and we met on the internet as people do and we hit it off right away. Um, and your life has changed a little bit since then. You got married, you had a baby, you moved to Texas. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been quite a journey since we met. I mean, you, you no longer are in New York, which I thought would never in a billion years. I'm wearing my New York t-shirt in honor of Carol, actually. (laughs) Uh, because you were saying you'd never leave. And I didn't think I'd ever really leave LA, even though, um, yeah, I, I just more and more could not afford to live there, Mm -hmm. afford to live the life I wanted to live there. Once I had a child, you have to kind of be a multimillionaire to, to, to give your kid or kids the life that I would like to give my my daughter. And, Mm -hmm. but even before I had kids, we were looking at leaving my husband and I, the COVID policies were just so crazy and never, it felt like never ending. And being somebody who traveled around America during COVID and the world, I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, people aren't living like this. (laughs) It was so crazy. It was, you would drive, we would go see my in-laws in Arizona and the kids were just running around. It was like another world. It was so wild. And I would go back to California and it was, the mentality was so locked down. You know, their their own minds were locked down 
from even considering that there might be another way and that other people did their two weeks and then basically went back to normal and they were like two years in still masking kids. It was Mm -hmm. nuts. And that was, you know, there were moments where I was like, ah, maybe the population will push back. But then I realized that I was really the one that was out of lockstep and that the population agreed with what was determined to be in their best interest by their leaders. And I just disagreed. And I love the fact that I live in America and I can move. Absolutely. It was so weird because I thought, you know, things that I thought would move people, like when Gavin Newsom's kid got to go to school, but the public school kids didn't get to go, I thought like stuff like that would really motivate people to be like, no, this is unfair. I'm going to fight this. And they were like, yeah, all right. makes sense. The governor's kid goes to school and mine doesn't. What are you going to (laughs) do? I I just, (laughs) that was sort of the kind of thing that really soured me on on New York, on LA. Um, Because, you know, I loved LA. LA was always our, you know, backup plan. Like, oh, New York, you know, something goes wrong with New York, we're going to go to LA, which is, of course, hilarious now. Um, But the fact that people just accepted it was just difficult for me to take and something I couldn't unsee. And I'm sure that was the case for you. So yeah, living Texas, I it's an adjustment. I'm to make one point before I talk about Texas and my increasing love for it. um, One of the wildest kind of upside down, however, it feels like every party has kind of changed. The weirdest thing to me is how anti-authoritarian the right has become. They're kind of Mm -hmm. known to be the party that is, you know, follows authority and trusts authority. And the left was generally the people who were like, damn the The man. And it's so it would, that was really strange in, in COVID to see Mm -hmm. that that was that, that transition had fully, um, it was just both parties completely flipped on that. And that was wild. I'm like, I'm going to a red state to be, You know, more they're they're more open and more questioning of this than the blue states. That's wild to me. And yes, Texas, um, I we moved in May and then it got very hot. And I was there was definitely a part of me that was like the the Will Arnett meme from I've made a huge mistake. You know, I like moved here and I was like, oh, no. Um, we're very isolated. Our, we had family there, which was what made the decision so hard. And we, um, the healthcare system here is not the same at all as it was in California. So I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm totally incorrect, but as far as I've researched and my husband and I have looked, you can't really get a private PPO. So you can only get an HMO and I've never had to deal with what people have Mm -hmm. to deal with. And oh my God, it is like, it's crazy actually. It's so, our healthcare system is so broken, fundamentally broken. broken. Mm -hmm. And if I could fix one thing in this country and wish that some kind of presidential candidate would address this, Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that, and I had like he- a health issue right away when I got here and had to get a doctor to get permission to go see another, it was, cr- I was like, what is this? Wow. Cause you can get 
private PP, you can be an individual and get an individual PPO plan in California. So mm-hmm. I paid for my healthcare, but I had great healthcare. And here that initially, that was another thing where I was like, oh, shoot, this is not, not what the same. Yeah. Not what yeah, I'm used I mean, to. I, and then just, yeah. and then worrying that, you know, I want my daughter to be able to like play outside in the summer. Right. And like I did all day long and it's 106 degrees for three months. And yeah. that, that's stuff. I mean, kids are raised love, here. So I, I, yeah. I assume you're I, just. I love the honesty. Like, I, I love the, like, you know, it's not perfect and it's not like just all problems are instantly solved by moving, which, you know, I think when I was publicly discussing wanting to get out of New York um, or just how difficult things were in New York. I think a lot of people would just comment like, just move, just move. Well, it's not that easy. Everybody says that. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I mean, I love Florida. I've, I haven't regretted it for one second. And I think it, it, you know, all around it's been amazing for our family, but I know people who have moved during this time and they don't love where they ended up and, you know, they didn't get to like try it out for a little while first. And just, it, it, it's, it's really tough to uproot your whole life and make yeah. these kinds of changes. And the fact that people on the internet are so cavalier about it, like, Oh, just move. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's, I think it would be you know, one of the things I noticed in inside of me was this resistance to allow myself to feel not regret because I don't regret. I see the news coming yeah. out of California and there's no regret <laughs> at all. Right. The question maybe would have been, should I have gone all the way and just moved back home to the East Coast where my family is? Mm. And that feels like retirement. Like there, I, there it, my family's in Rhode Island, Massachusetts area. And sure, there are cities around, but I'm not, there's, there's so much industry here in Austin where I am. And there's so many people in my industry and it feels kind of like a boom town and the comedy world is booming. And mm-hmm. there's just, and podcasting, there's so many people in my space. And so I, one of the reasons we came here was because I, I don't make, I don't, I can't retire yet. Yeah. Um, All right. We're, we're getting there, you know? Yeah. We're getting there. Not, not as fast as I'd like, but yeah. I, I, and there was this resistance to kind of look at the trade-offs and, and Mm -hmm. when my husband, Jaron and I were evaluating this, it was not easy. How do you, how do you put on a list? Like grandma lives here. That's not something you can quantify. And Mm -hmm. it's like, we, we always talk about Thomas Sowell being like, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. And yep. to our fundamental problems we were having in California, we could never get outside of the governance there. And that was that was something no matter where we moved, because people were like, move to move to the, like a red state, move to the OC yeah. or move. To, and it wouldn't have mattered with the state from the top down was still was is is problem. It's these problems are going to take decades to fix. And yeah. Some things are better, you know, I can't, I, they're like, for instance, I think they probably deal with healthcare a little bit better there than they do here. And maybe that will improve as there's more and more and more and more and more and more people moving here. I, it's insane actually. And I just didn't want to be one of those people that I always joke, like never listen, never take life advice from your rich friends because they 
when like you're that. at a certain le- <laughs> when you're at a certain level of wealth, you're not mm-hmm. dealing with the problems average people are going to deal with, no matter where you move or where you go, because you are you're removed from most of that anyway. Like, never take life advice from someone who flies private. Oh yeah, <laughs> they probably don't. <laughs> Easy t- call. Take business advice from them, but sure. they're probably not dealing with the same problems that you're dealing with when you move to a new state. They're definitely right. not packing their own boxes. You know, they're definitely yeah, not sure. dealing with transferring their business and everything that that looks like. They're definitely not probably even aware that there's differences between HMOs and PPOs because they have <laughs> boutique you know, private healthcare, wherever they go. So I'm embarrassed to say, I really don't know that much about healthcare plans uh, just because my husband, it's like his department. Um, But now I'm going to go, I'm going to go learn. But yeah, you know, like we have our, he, he doesn't know a lot of the things that I know about either. So yeah, no, everybody's got their, their Mm -hmm. lanes. I, I just think that it, you have to really know when you make these decisions exactly the things that you're going to be dealing with and some of the things you can't really know until you get there. And I also think like I moved a lot growing up. I moved every year and a half. And so I was so resistant to moving because I just, I have a pathological hatred of moving. The sound of Mm -hmm. that moving tape gives me like PTSD from my childhood. (laughs) Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> My daughter used to cry when she was a baby and she would hear that. And I was like, this is proof of intergenerational right. trauma. Absolutely. <laughs> I now believe yes. it's real. So <laughs> why is she mentioned- crying at this sound? <laughs> she knows she's felt it. Yeah. Um, so you, yep. you mentioned there's like an active podcasting scene and an active comedy scene. Um, but, you know, one of the topics I like to cover on the show is making friends in adulthood. And so have you made friends? Have you made like, you know, neighbor friends, mom friends? Yeah, that's something. I mean, mom friends is such a weird thing. Um, I'm getting used to that. It's I'm in so the suburbs weird. and that's weird uh-huh. too. Like I was always such a urban supremacist, you know, I think right? you yeah. were to it to a certain extent. Sure. And yeah, there's so many things about the suburbs that I, I love and they are made for people with families. Truly. It's just, and the suburb that I'm living is super diverse. There's tons because there's so many people in tech here. So it's like tons of Indian families are moving in in my neighborhood. And it's just, it's awesome, actually. I love Mm -hmm. how it's a lot of first generation Americans because I feel like they might, they love America, as you know, Um, and they really appreciate it. And that's something that I felt was another thing that my husband and I would see was being lost in our city of Los Angeles. Like, even if you flew an American flag, you were worried people were going to be like, oh, there's the MAGA couple on the street. <laughs> um, so that that's really different. Here, everyone flies American flags and Texas flags mm-hmm. and is proud to be in the country. And that's... I love that. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It was nice to be here around on the 4th of July. There was like a little parade and the de- we're in a development. I mean, so many things that if you told me when I was in my 20s in Los Angeles, that I, this would be my future. I would have been like, you're uh, give me whatever drugs you're on. I need yeah, totally. I need them. But Obviously, it turns out that, the, that people like this lifestyle because it's easier in a lot of ways. I want to I want to hear the answer to whether or not you've made friends, though. 
Um, yeah, I'm making friends. And one of the things that I've re- really did, we're reading in my subscriber community, we started a book club and we're reading Bowling Alone because I've been obsessed mm-hmm. with this idea mm-hmm. of this loss of community and it er- yeah. eroding the fabric of society. And seeing how this summer I felt a real pivot to people wanting to be back in real life, the concert, everything like traveling, concerts, comedy, all of those places were booming. And you see kind of, which I actually think is good, maybe not great for my business, but good in general for America is this, um, they're not spending as much time online. They're not spending as much time and money on on all of this stuff, subscribers and whatnot. Right. So, but I mean, listen I th- to our podcasts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but listen to our podcasts <laughs> right. for sure. Everything else, I understand. Don't you know? Don't yeah, spend too much know, time it's, online. It's, it's but not our great. Podcasts, like you should <laughs> listen to. <laughs> there are a lot of refugees from the motherland here. Um, yep. um, lots of Californians who have left, and I. There are a lot of people in tech and. It's just making that effort. I had the women from the podcast Ask a Jew on a couple of weeks oh, ago. I love them. Yeah, Elle is they're just amazing. But killing she, it Kyle right now. Was yeah, talking Kyle, about how, awesome. Yeah, she was talking about how like community isn't going to come to you. You've got to open your house mm-hmm. up and have people yep. over for dinner. And and so I've really and my friend Alana and her husband have moved here from San Francisco. He's a rabbi and they have a, they're trying to dig into community. So they've invited us as kind of, I guess, like honorary Jews to all of these things. And it's, um, but it really is just saying yes to everything. We went to this amazing ranch that these Texans, they're like born and raised Texans invited us to. And Mm -hmm. that was so incredible over Labor Day weekend. And yeah, we went to, we went to like a farm the other day and got pumpkins. And so I'm just the more I do that, the more I feel yeah. rooted and grounded in in Texas and the more I really start to love it. We're going to take a quick break and be right back on the Carol Markowitz show. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic. 
treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Saying yes to everything is just also very difficult. I like, yeah, I'm trying. I'm definitely trying. We're almost, it'll be in January, it'll be two years. And like you, I already knew a lot of people here. So it's not like I don't have, you know, a universe, but I, I have struggled to make kind of the friends that you make. I, I feel like you're a little bit lucky in this way because your your daughter's young. And I think, hey, your kids too, my kids too. Like, let's hang out. But my kids are 13, 10, and 7, and they have their own friends already. And it's like, it's not quite the same as like just clicking with a mom at the park or um, something like yeah. that. So we're working on it. The whole making friends like with neighbors and um, with people in our community. Um, we have these new neighbors from Connecticut who we like a lot, uh, you know, they just also moved down to Florida for the freedom to escape the communism. And we like them a lot. But in general, it just it takes work and it takes time. And it's hard to do as an adult because you feel like you should already have all your friends made. And yet here we are, like, you know, starting anew. Um, and so, everyone's so busy. Yeah. Well, that's the everyone thing. is like, so busy. So hard. Um, yeah. The kids have so many activities and sports mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, we're barely seeing each other, let alone like finding time for new people. But opening your home, that's, I think, such a good call and like really what I feel like I should probably do more of. Yeah, I've really been loving my neighbors and there's so many littles in my neighborhood too. It's like a there's a little baby boom in this neighborhood. So yeah, and everybody's just so warm. Our neighbors made us brisket when we moved in and now they're having a baby. You know, she's having a baby. So I've been helping Love her it. with like giving her tons mm -hmm. of stuff and helping and um there's a very angry Facebook forum for the development as as there is for every single <laughs> every one. development, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's also so a great place to be like, yeah. I have baby clothes, you know, right. I have like who needs a pregnancy pillow? I don't need it. Right. Um so but, yeah, and it's yeah. weird. It's just I'm not used to like the having to make mom friends and stuff and and she's just loves people. So I try mm -hmm. to really like the lo local library has story hours. So we've been doing that and I've met some moms there and we've exchanged numbers, but haven't done anything yet, but right, it's right. You're going to, you're going to find them. You're going to find your people. And I, you know, I think I am too. I think it just, you know, again, it takes, takes a minute, um, to do it. It's like an like awkward 25. thing too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's mm -hmm. awkward being not not because the weird thing that's happened to me in Texas that didn't really happen to me in LA is that I get recognized a lot more here oh, Yeah, uh -huh. when I go out and about and it's, and it's very, very strange. And 
and weird. And it's like somebody in the development group saw me in there and they were like, I'm so glad you live in our development. And that was weird. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't right. even, should I even be in this group? Yeah. Um, so there are s strange things like that, but then it makes, I get insecure. Cause I'm like, does this person already hate me? You know, no. <laughs> like when I'm in these like mommy groups where I'm like, maybe someone recognizes me and they're like, I hate that B from Twitter, you know, <laughs> like or, or no. whatever. I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure they all love you. I mean, who's not going to love you? <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> a well, lot I saw, of you know, I was scrolling on your Twitter earlier today and I saw some terrible opinions that you have. So maybe, maybe you're not totally off, but like you tweeted that. <laughs> I was going to be like about get, Israel. <laughs> Just kidding. No. <laughs> you get the Pete Davidson thing. Explain that to me. I do not get I it. I, I never got it. I never, ever got it. I continue until I not saw... to get it. What? I said, I continue not to get it. Yeah. I never got it until I saw that opening because I could see him, um, struggling to, to be the somewhat Saturday Night live opening. Yeah. His sat yeah. he hosted Saturday Night Live for people who don't know. Pete Davidson hosted Saturday Night Live. He did the monologue as you do when you're the host. And it was obviously a fraught Saturday to be doing a monologue. There's a lot of tension in the world for people who also don't know. And, <laughs> and it would be amazing listening to this podcast and like, like not know. You're like, what's going right. on? <laughs> um, what's she talking about? And so he did his best to thread, I think, a very difficult needle on a show where you're going to piss everybody off no matter what you say. No one's going to be happy with really. Mm -hmm. And he made it personal and then talked about how his father was killed in a terrorist attack. And in that moment, I was like, I get it. <laughs> I suddenly was like, "Tell me I, more." I want to rescue part you. Of that? I oh, want to rescue you. I see, because I keep waiting for him to be funny, <laughs> and I just oh, never find no, him. No, he's like, like a mommy's. You know? Well, and also the thing that I really identified with is I had a not easy upbringing and using comedy because I was just doing. A, I did something on Thursday night. It was the um, Normal World show at the Blaze. And we're all comedians and we were all joking before we even started recording. And we were like, we can't make any of these jokes because I was like, this is just a coping mechanism. I don't know. I don't, right. it is, I got, I used to get yelled at it when I was in rehab be for making too many jokes and laughing, but it was just how I coped with a hard yeah. situation. So between him kind of being this, like seeing the brokenness inside of him <laughs> and then, and like, then hearing how also delirious saved me when my parents got divorced. So oh. he talks about Eddie Murphy's delirious. So I, I personally related delirious. to that yeah. and all of those things. And I was like, okay, okay. I kind of get it. I kind of understand how he gets the hottest women on earth repeatedly because he, he uses humor to cope and he's, there's something about him that you want to just like, I wanted to hug him when he was talking about that. Uh, we're going to just, you know, this is one of those, we're going to have to agree to disagree, but I'm not going to try to cancel you because of your terrible opinion, you know, put me on a just list. Let it go. Yeah. So you mentioned rehab and I know that you recently celebrated 10 years of sobriety. No, this, this coming, oh, when does coming. this go up? Um, next week. <laughs> oh, okay. So recently. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah. So you recently celebrated 10 years of sobriety and you've been very public about your sobriety journey. 
So what's it been like? I mean, it is 10 years is nuts. 10 years is it. I've had a lot of anniversaries, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> nine other ones. And Ten is, it's impressive. It's really it's impressive. Not, I'm proud the, of you. When, when you get sober, 10 years is like science fiction. It's just right. like you're lying. No one's been sober that long. I, it's, it's not something I ever would have considered to be possible for myself. I couldn't even make it 10 hours or 10 days mm-hmm. in the early sobriety. That's just so far off. And it's so strange to look at how my life has changed in that decade. A lot of it is because I got sober, but to also just little things thinking like I haven't had a hangover in 10 years. Wow. That's that's crazy. I haven't had to wake up and be like, oh, what did I say? Or wonder Mm -hmm. that I ran my mouth too much at a dinner party or I I don't know. There are just so many or figured out where I was even, you know, like mm-hmm. drop a pin and tell me where I am, Siri. <laughs> um, that's happened. Um, there are just so many, so many gifts. And then I I think about how at the beginning when I got sober, I went to this meeting and rolled my eyes at a guy who was like, everything in my life should be stamped property of AA because I'm in 12-step recovery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, like, right. <laughs> whatever, bro. And I look around mm-hmm. and I'm like, nope, that's me. I, I look around in my life and absolutely everything in my life springs from me getting sober and not just getting physically sober. The thing that happens when you get sober uh, it is over the years, they say it's like peeling an onion and it is so much in that you deal with things that come up, but also mm. the ability to become emotionally state, like so the emotional yeah. sobriety. Sometimes I look at people losing their minds online which has been a lot of people in the past week in particular, a past couple of weeks, like, Mm -hmm. wow. One, a couple of things come up. One, nobody loves these people enough to tell them to log out, which is sad to me. That's, I, I mean, that is something I think about a lot. And I've used, like, I've said it, and I know it sounds insulting, but like, do you have anybody you can turn to? Because you are coming off as a crazy person. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I know that that's like, a, you know, an insult, but I really do mean it. Um, I, I feel like I would hope that somebody in my life would step in and be like, get off the internet. Get offline. Somebody would. I know my, I, I know so. that, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- <laughs> I mean, I would hope my husband would be like, okay, right. you've lost, you are, you need to, I'm That's taking your phone today, away. I, you need, this is an intervention. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if you're online saying some of the things people have been saying, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, some, and no one said you need to log out. That's upsetting to me. Right. So, Aside from that, but another one is like, are you, are you high or drunk or like what, right. what is going on that? Do you identify or do you, another, other people? Like, do you, can you like, spot I, it? Mean, I mean, I, I could spot it by somebody, the way somebody looks, but I, I not necessarily on Twitter, you know, it's, I see a lot of Adderall addiction on Twitter, you know, like mm. people just like rage fighting and doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. Mm-hmm. 
And I do, I do wonder about this kind of addiction to being right that a lot of people have. I'm, mm -hmm. I, again, this comes from sobriety and trying to truly like practice these principles in all of our affairs, as they say. There is a certain amount of humility and knowing that I don't know anything. I think mm -hmm. getting sober, getting caught in the crossfire of the culture wars was I'm continuously wrong publicly because I, I, I don't know anything. And I also really had to kind of grow up and learn a lot about America and, and the culture wars and things that I knew nothing about very publicly. And then there are right. just things where I'm like, I have a gut instinct about something and it's just wrong because I realize that I'm in my own silo or my own echo chamber and I'm not really taking in enough. There's no way for me to obviously see what 300 million plus people are, right. are thinking and feeling, but yeah. there are certain, like, I thought for sure there would be a red wave at, to come back to what we were talking about. I for sure thought there would be a red wave in at, during the midterms in mm -hmm. 2022 to, as a rebuke of a lot of these lockdowns. Michigan proved me completely wrong about that. I mean, most people yeah. agreed or, or were far enough away from it that they had forgotten that they just That's didn't it. care. And I was so wrong about that. Because yeah, that was my I, thing. That was right. my thing. It's not yes. everyone else's thing. Right. It, it was, that was an eye opener for me. Well, I think there were some really terrible candidates, but I, I, I think that really what happened there is that people like you and me who like suffered through those lockdowns, I mean, we, we lived in blue areas that were going to vote blue no matter what. And then the red areas, they did not suffer the way that we suffered because they had, again, like you said, the kind of a normalcy. They did the two weeks and then they moved on with their lives. So they didn't have this like bitterness. Places like Michigan, I am disappointed by, but it, those places are few, you know, where they should have voted the other way because they did suffer, um, but then they didn't. Yeah, that that was that was weird to me. And then I recently had walk, Walter Kern on Watkins Welcome, and he made such a good point where he he and he actually said, which reminded me of you that it, like everyone was in their pajamas, this pajama class, and they liked it. They liked they being in their pajamas. Oh, they yeah. liked working from home. They liked they ordered being... Pelotons. You know, they had the greatest time. I mean, I the ordered Peloton. Is... <laughs> <laughs> well, my admission is that I loved it also. I, it's not that I didn't love it. I loved having my kids home. It was a cozy, mm. sweet time. But I knew it was bad. I knew it was bad for them. I knew it was bad for me. I knew it was bad for society. It was like, yeah, this is functioning well for our family. Um, and because we're also ignoring a lot of the directives to like not see anybody and not do anything. Um, but I knew that it was going to be catastrophic for New York, for example. And I hate that how right I've been about that because I'd love to see New York recover. I'd love to see New York bounce back, but they're nowhere near that. And yeah. I feel like people haven't faced that yet. Not to mention the generation of kids that completely fell through the cracks that you'll never hear about. I mean, we're still never my logged seven in. year old. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, huge. But like, you know, just my seven year old having gone, you know, to Zoom kindergarten and all the help that we've gotten him since moving to Florida and all the like just different ways that we've paid attention to him, like all the families that cannot devote the kind of time and resources that we have. I just, I don't know what happened to those kids. And it's, yeah. we're, we're going to know, but not anytime too soon. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that's something too, that I think is, is interesting to, to witness is, is, and I'm seeing this right now where if you're so attached to like one thing, it becomes the lens through which you see every single yeah. thing. So, oh, if they maybe lied and manipulated about COVID, obviously right, the war in Ukraine right. is fake. Yes. And, and this is Israel <laughs> right. is a false fault. Like yeah, you, it's, it's AI. It's, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, this is it's dangerous. to get off people off of that distrustful hand. Um, I, understand where they're coming from. I just feel like I need people to like shake it off and like look at each situation as a unique thing, not as part of one big conspiracy. Yeah, it's um, it's tough to that's something I'm seeing. It's another, uh, you know, the shred when. Yeah, I mean, this kind of leads into your final questions, which I, I don't want to go yes, run, I... <laughs> run with you forever, which we could. We could. We definitely could keep going. But so you have, you know, a family, you're married, you have a daughter, you have two shows, um, you get recognized in the street, you have hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers. Do you feel like you've made it? Oh, that's an interesting question because it's never enough for me because I'm an addict, Carol. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll let you answer, but I would just say I get a range of responses to this and it's very interesting because it, it, there's no right or wrong here. No, I know. I know. Um, let's just say my therapist and I work on this question probably weekly. <laughs> uh, um, she would say I have made it. I would say that de depends on what you mean by made it. By all accounts, yes. I mean, there's, I've made it in that, and this is something they say when you first get sober, is that the person, the things you thought you wanted, you will not want. And the things that you, and things you didn't even know you wanted, you will want. Mm -hmm. I never would have put on my list of ambitions, a successful marriage, a loving partner, a child, like those were not things that were right. my top priority. And now that's everything to me. That's my priority. My, um, some having some kind of spiritual life, however that looks mm -hmm. is important to me being grounded. They give my life an incredible amount of meaning that I, that I, could not have possibly comprehended because how can you? You can't. Absolutely. I just, I was yeah. so You cynical. don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And the danger is how much, and this is something I really, I try to write about and it's very hard because it's so much of it is a cope until you know, mm -hmm. and you just don't want to cope your way into it being too late to find out. You know, yeah. being being like, oh, I don't need this, and I because you because it's dating's hard, and because it's so scary to put yourself out there, and because if you are getting older and farther away from having kids, it's just mm -hmm. like it's easier to be like, you know, kids destroy the world. Right, um, right. So that that's something interesting I see, and I've seen in myself, and had mm -hmm. to. I mean, I got very very lucky. It was nothing other than luck. There's I no think so much of it is luck. I, I say that so all the much time. of it. I think timing luck. I think that we give people the impression that like they're not working hard enough to find like their, you know, love of their life or whatever. And I it, so much of it is just right time, right place. Um, 
And that's just, you know, just how it goes. My husband and I broke up. I mean, we met when he was like not even 90 days sober and we were, it was instant, but I could never get okay with taking that early sobriety time away from him. And it was, I was never okay with it. And we both had to kind of completely let go and walk away. And then we came back together. And again, that was, I never would have seen that coming. There's just so Mm -hmm. many things. I've just been so completely humbled over and over and over again in life and um, constantly just shown that God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself often yeah. and usually. And and when we, when you want to talk about made it in terms of my career financially right now, I will not be totally honest. I'm terrified. I'm in, I'm not in the, I think people would think I'm in a much better position than I'm in and I'm not. It's, it's Mm -hmm. like my, you know, flavor of little miss captain of the fence riding team is not popular (laughs) or economically, you know, incentivized by the polarization right now. And yeah. Um, this leads me actually perfectly into my last question, which is what do you think is our largest cultural or societal problem in America right now? I mean, I think the loss of trust in institutions is catastrophic because Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's bad if they've lost your trust, then, then they need to regain our trust. And I don't, I don't feel like that part is bad. What I think is happening is that it then leaves this massive vacuum and people start believing people seem very lost. And I also worry about the generations. I really am very concerned about the mental health and overall education of our kids. It just seems like they're really struggling this generation that's been raised online um i think polarization has always existed in america Mm -hmm. and it seems to kind of rise and fall but what this i don't know that there's always been such an enormous collapse of trust in institutions and with the polarization being that it is it just leaves people open to believing like any conspiracy theory and like look i'm i'm subject to this stuff too sure somebody sent me a video about how the moon was basically a hollowed out spaceship and two minutes in i was like yeah yeah i could i could believe this (laughs) it took two minutes solvable like do you think this this distrust mistrust is solvable um yes but i think it starts with the individual Mm -hmm. and i think it starts with emotional sobriety Well, that's another fundamental problem is that everybody wants to believe, you know, this leads into, yeah, I mean, I think it's solvable, but it requires personal responsibility. So maybe no. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's easier to blame everybody else around you and be like, look. Absolutely. That's, That's definitely the case. And I think that that's probably the biggest roadblock is that nobody takes personal responsibility in like, you know, you could believe in conspiracy theories, right? But, you know, you notice when you're believing that the moon landing was, you know, fake. <laughs> well, I, I believe it was real. Like, I just now is. think it might be a hollowed out spaceship. <laughs> no, um, you know, my husband always says, like, 
for all Jordan Peterson's crap that he gets, um, the guy is right about clean your room. And this is oh, something yeah. that shows up in, in 12 step Absolutely. everywhere where it's like mm-hmm. next, right. What's the next right action? What keep your own side of the street clean. I see this with both major parties, like clean up your side of the street, guys. Don't stop pointing fingers. Both parties have real problems within them that they need to address, but they shouldn't even be looking at what, and everyone's like, but the other party, the other person's doing, I'm like, you guys are children. This is what children do. But he did this to me and like, this isn't fair. And you all sound like kids, but my husband always says, what are you doing? that you shouldn't be doing and what should you be doing that you're not doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is I, such I, easy, I an easy place to just start. What are you yeah. doing that you shouldn't be doing? And what should you be doing that you're not doing? Because most of the things in your life that are going awry or the anxiety you might be feeling or the depression that might, a lot of it stems from the answers to those questions. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Absolutely right. So end here with your best tip for my listeners on how they can improve their life. I feel like you've given us a lot of good advice already, but give us your best piece of advice. I mean, my never ending mantra is just keep going. That is just my constant mantra. And I I think everything I just said, what are you doing that you shouldn't be doing? And what should mm-hmm. you be doing that you're not doing? And just keep going, just persist. There's so much wisdom and stoicism and all of the, the, you know, keep, keep your eyes on your own paper. All these stupid platitudes actually have a lot of wisdom in them. And that I do think starting with yourself and the control, controlling the controllables, what can you control? I can control what my house looks like. I can control Mm -hmm. my attitude about things. I can, you know, so many things can be fixed by just writing a gratitude list, which sounds so stupid, but truly looking around and saying, all right, what do we like this? Even with all of our problems, this is still the most amazing country maybe ever. And we have so much, so much. Yeah. And so just realizing that. Yeah. Gratitude. It's like a, it's such a, it's such an easy place to go if you're feeling, um, black pilled or nihilistic. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Bridget. You've been fantastic. You're one of my favorite people. And this is a really fun conversation. I think I could have kept you here for easily another hour. Um, but thank you so much for joining us in the Carol Markowitz show and congratulations on 10 years of sobriety. Thank you. Thank you for having me and congratulations on your show. Thank you for listening to the Carol Markowitz show. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. 
Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details.